You can take your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians 8 this evening. I'd encourage you as uh, we are getting farther and farther outside of the COVID restrictions and traveling is opening up more and more that you would consider one of these trips. And uh, uh, I think it'd be well worth your while. For those that have been on a missions trip, you would agree with me that they can be life-changing, life-altering and certainly make a great impact in our lives. And if you've never been on one, I'd encourage you. And this is a, I want to say an easy one to do, an easy in the fact that a lot of it is set up for you to already go. You just uh, register with them, pay them your money, and they'll get you there and all of those things. Now, when you're there, it may not be as easy, but uh, uh, getting there may be easier to go through that route. And I'd encourage you to look into those, especially if you have any gifts towards these medical uh, things here. Well, with this emphasis this evening on missions, I began thinking about uh, this missions out, uh, medical missions outreach. Uh, I wanted to bring a, a brief challenge this evening on the idea of missions, recognizing that we're 10 weeks away from our uh, missions conference. And that's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? Uh, time truly does fly. And I couldn't believe when I counted down the days, I didn't re- or weeks, I didn't, couldn't believe it was only 10 weeks away. And uh, looking forward to that in September. And uh, this year we're taking a theme. I'm not going to give you the theme this evening, but I'm going to share, share with you the passage where the theme is at. And you may discover it or figure it out as we get closer to that. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I'd like to read nine verses to you this evening and then give you a few thoughts tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, moreover, verse number 1, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift And take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also." I speak not by commandment, but by the occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And that's a great missions passage of scripture there. And as we're getting closer and closer to this missions conference, which by the way, uh, I certainly do love missions conference week here at Heritage. Um, uh, that was one of the first things that uh, impressed us so much. My first year here at Heritage was the missions conference. And of course, the next year was COVID and that kind of interfered with that. But we got back into the routine or starting to get into that routine last year. And I'd love to see us jump all the way back in this next year here in just 10 weeks with our missions conference. And so you'll be praying about this and looking forward to it. And uh, I want to challenge you this evening and combine the thoughts of missions with what we've been studying on Wednesday evening, evenings, the end times. And if we truly believe that we are in the last of the last days, this is the time for the church to be more intentional 
and more aggressive in our outreach. The days are numbered, aren't they? Uh, the Lord Jesus could come back. We believe his return is imminent. We've taught that. We've stressed that. We believe he could come back at any moment. Um, I was listening to some uh, teachers the other day on this fact, and, and they're a lot smarter than I am, and they were using the Jewish feast and all of these things and making comparisons, and, and they were saying, you know, they weren't naming a day, they weren't naming a time, but they were saying perhaps we're uh, one or two decades away from the Lord's actual return, and and, and I was like, wow, I, they, they thought they had it nailed down to a certain decade of time here, and and maybe it would be, but I still am of the belief that the Lord Jesus could come back tonight and, and, and that he could come back this week or in, certainly in my lifetime. And, and, and we need to live in that fashion and believe that. And with that in mind, be intentional and aggressive in our outreach. Let me take a moment to praise the 90 or so people that came out this past Monday, Monday at our Dale City Parade. Uh, what a great outreach time we had here this past Monday. By the way, if you've been before, typically uh, uh, our, our float starts at spot oh, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, there's there's one, one spot one through like 120 or so, and we're typically in the 80s and 90s way back, and you got to go down a hill and up another hill. And this year we were at spot 37. This was the year to come. Uh, we missed a whole hill that you did not have to go down and back up. And it was wonderful. And uh, the Lord blessed us in that fashion and able to get out thousands of tracks, I think 1,200 bottles of water. Uh, just a great testimony and a representation of our church and of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a great outreach. I saw many people, uh, as they were handed a, a, a track, that track went to their hand, and, and immediately I saw them open up that track. And, I, and many times that day, as I was handing out tracks, and I was handing out bottles of water, I was handing out toys to children, my prayer was, as I saw that track, I said, Lord, would you help them to open that up later today? Uh, sometime tonight, would they stick it in their pocket, and later this evening, they would, they would take that track out, and they would recognize that, and they would begin to read it again. And even to this day, we can pray that that would continue to happen. I have a good friend of mine, he passed away several years ago, but back in the, uh, uh, the mid-1980s, he was in Logan Airport in Boston, Massachusetts, and he was at a phone booth making a phone call before he got on his flight, and someone had left a track in that phone booth. And, and he's, he's on the phone, he looks down there, and he sees this, and he, he's talking on the phone, he's looking at it, and he puts it in his pocket. And he got on that airplane, and he says when he got on the airplane, he forgot about that track, and he was doing something, looking for something, he saw that and he's somewhere, however high an airplane is in the, in the skies there, somewhere over the United States, he began to read that. And somewhere over the United States, at whatever altitude they're at, he prayed and received Christ as his Savior. And he, and he became a strong believer and a strong witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that can happen with these Dale City tracks that went out there. God can use these things. And that was an outreach on our part. We'll do our SOAR ministry on Saturdays. We'll go out, and, and we have various teams, and I think uh, Jeremy was telling us the other day that the last Saturday this month will be an all-church soar. Wouldn't it be great to have over 100 of us out there on that one Saturday going out, getting the gospel out to as many people as we can, and we need to do these things. 
I'm grateful for our bus ministry being restarted here in recent days. I got a testimony this week that on the way home this past Sunday, they were given a devotion on the bus, and two teenage boys that have been coming for the last several weeks bowed their heads and received Christ as their Savior on their way home on the bus. Well, did you not hear that? There was two teenage boys that bowed their head and received Christ as their Savior. Come on, church, that is an exciting thing that a young person that's been coming has been hearing the gospel and responded to this. Looking forward to our fall festival this, this October. Again, another opportunity for us to reach out to our community. Uh, last year, getting this started again, we had over 700 people come to it last year. And wouldn't it be great to see that get over into over 1,000 people coming onto the property here and an opportunity for them to see a, a church family and to hear uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, church, in your personal outreach. There are people in your life that I'll never, ever meet that God has placed in your circle, in your, your life, that God has placed you there, and we need to be a faithful witness to them. We're in these last of the last days, and of course this leads us to our missions conference in this, in this, this September, 10 weeks away. And you'll be challenged in those, in those days of that missions conference, that Wednesday through Sunday, you'll be challenged uh, to give. You'll be given a faith promise card. You'll be given a, a, a challenge to, to dig deep into your finances and into your wallet, to give a, 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 an amount of money that God lays on your heart. And those are sometimes difficult things to do even in a good economy. And here we are in a challenging economy at best. Some have said it even a, a difficult economy. And yet it's still time for us to be intentional and aggressive. So church, I want to encourage you that you wouldn't allow uh, our current situation to, to, to limit what God wants to do through you. See, faith promises about God working in your life. God directing you to a, an amount of money that he wants to work through you. And you trust him and you believe him for that. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, we're told about the churches of Macedonia that were involved in, a, in, a, in an offering. Uh, verse number 4 says, praying with us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. It's speaking of this, this gift here and how they gave uh, these churches of Macedonia. Multiple churches were involved in this. And Paul uses this as an example to the church at Corinth. Uh, who were perhaps not involved in a financial way as they should be. Well, one of those churches of Macedonia was the church at Philippi. And so if you would, turn to the book of Philippians this, this evening for just another couple of minutes with me. Uh, this church at Philippi, Phil, Philippi was one of uh, uh, the, the great cities of Macedonia, founded by uh, 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 Philip, the father of Alexander the Great. Paul had a special relationship with this church. We learn about it back in the book of Acts as Paul uh, uh, led the Philippian jailer to the Lord through his testimony, uh, through the way he responded to trials. Remember that night there as 
Paul and Silas were in that prison cell and a great earthquake lo- uh, uh, loosed all of their, their chains and, and opened up the cell doors and that Philippian jailer thought that the prisoners had escaped no doubt and was about ready to kill himself. And Paul jumps in and says, do thyself no harm for we're all here. And it's not long after that, that jailer says, what must I do to be saved? He'd heard them singing their psalms and praising God through the evening of these great trials. And no doubt it was the life and testimony of Paul and Silas that rang out to this man. And this church at Philippi was birthed. And what a great church it was. And in chapter number 4, one of the more familiar verses that many people know and many people claim is verse number 19 of chapter number 4. How many of you have ever heard this verse before? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You're familiar with that verse, right? We've heard it. In fact, we've heard people claim it before. We've heard people say, you know, remind us of those things. In fact, you may have used it in your own life at one time. But sometimes I think we use it improperly. I think we we claim it improperly. This was a verse, this was a promise that is true, that is real, but it was given to people that were givers. It was given to people that were participating in sacrificial giving. Look at verse number 14 of that chapter. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell and a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Paul's just spent those four verses talking about your giving. You're giving the gift to me and, and to, to my need and to my necessity. He's talking to givers here. And then he reminds those givers, God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus I cannot predict to you what's going to happen in the economy in the next year. I I can't predict how bad it's going to get or how good it's going to get. I I can't predict what you should do with your your finances and investments and all of those things. There's people far more uh, intelligent in those areas than I am. I cannot give you those things. But I can tell you this. You can trust God. You can lean on God And trust him, get this church, trust him with his finances that he's entrusted to you. Everything we have belongs to God. We're his stewards, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. We're the managers of what he has entrusted to us. And we have an opportunity to trust God And in spite of high inflation and high gas prices and and a poor economy, we can still trust God. And God says, I want you to give this. Are you sure? Yes, I want you. God, I want you to trust me. And you trust God and you give that. God says, I'll take care of you. 
I'll provide for you. I'll meet your need. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, don't claim that if you're not going to be a giver. Don't claim that verse if you're not going to trust God with his finances and participate in sacrificial giving. It's not proper. It's not right. It might disappoint you when your need is not met when you're not giving. But if you'll give, God, who cannot lie, has promised, I will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So as we get closer and closer to this day and to this week of events, wouldn't it be great that in a poor economy, in a challenging economy, we would see our faith promise increase? We would see more people participate in faith promise than ever have before? Listen, God will bless that, that individual. God will provide for that individual. God will bless a church that will participate in that fashion. Let's get church, let's get the gospel out in our Jerusalem and throughout the world in these what we believe to be the last of the last days. Think about these young boys that just got saved this last week. What if the Lord Jesus comes back before next Sunday? They got in just under the, under the fence, didn't they? Just got, out, got in there, praise the Lord. And there's going to be someone that's going to be the last person to get saved before the Lord comes back. And we want to be a part of that. We want to be faithful until the very end of getting the gospel out. I appreciate Brother Tom and Katie faithful going on these missions trips to medical missions outreach. Again, they've got a skill. They've got a gift, an ability that God's given them. And they use that, this area of dentistry. And they're using that. But again, it's not just to go and pull someone's tooth and relieve a, an ache that they have there or to teach them proper hygiene. It's to give them an opportunity to hear the gospel. It's using it as a tool. And so if God gives you that opportunity, let's do that on these missions trips and our giving and certainly in our personal outreach here in our community. Father, thank you for the night. Lord, Tonight we've, we've been a church family, and Lord, we've come together, we've sang, and we've heard prayer requests, we've prayed. Lord, we dealt with church matters this evening that need your touch and your blessing upon it, and uh, Lord, we've dealt with the, the, the necessity of, uh, of being faithful, of getting the gospel out, and Lord, our involvement in it in personal ways, and then also in our finances. And so, Lord, I pray that you would seal these things in our hearts, you would burden our hearts about it, and we'd become more and more active and involved. Lord, we wouldn't let our current situation and our, fin uh, our financial situation in this, in this time, Lord, influence us, Lord, that we would trust you and believe in you, God. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd watch over us as we go home. Uh, give us safety on the roads this evening. And uh, Father, bring us back at our next appointed time. And we'll thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good evening.